from the writer of the Hebrews. The word of God is living and active. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Disenchantment prompted the rich young man in our gospel to stand before Jesus. He seeks eternal life. In all senses, he is a good person. Ever since he was young, he has respected everyone and honored his parents. With the same love that Jesus offers for us on the cross, Jesus loves this man and recognizes that he is coming from a place of deep inquiry and longing. The young man's quest is for abundant life, a life of purpose, a life of deep virtue, a life that goes beyond the motions. Today we also heard from the book of Job. Job's story, if you remember, begins as a tale of success and a tale of right living. Yet neither the security of wealth nor religious righteousness saves Job from total catastrophe and devastation. His wealth could not resurrect his children who died tragically. Gold could not purchase his health. When Job lost everything in life, his wife emotionally leaves him. Rather than comfort him, his friends accuse Job, saying that perhaps he did something evil and he deserved everything that came to him. Scripture teaches us that he is crushed but not destroyed, and in his despair, he, like any one of us, question, God, are you seeing this? God, where are you when I need you the most? Quite painfully, the psalmist also asks the question, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Both the rich young man in our gospel and Job in our first lesson are examples of individuals who are hurting and in deep need. Both are righteous in the conventional sense. The rich man is asked to leave everything and follow Jesus. He does not because he is too attached to his material wealth. Job is led to a deeper experience of God an experience that cannot be rationalized with easy answers or solved by ritual. He's invited to an experience of religiosity, of a journey with God that does not preclude one from suffering. Both are invited to detach. For the rich young ruler, it's a detachment from material wealth. For Job, it is detachment from his preconceptions about God and the cause of suffering. In the process of detachment, there comes a moment where both of them need to confront themselves. 
for their lives seem to be coming apart at the seams. The well-stitched fabric slowly reveals tears and becomes disintegrated. For the rich young man, the condition of utter hopelessness is compounded by a lack of purpose. For Job, the reality of physical pain and loss is compounded by social isolation. We are all attached to something. Our attachments are perhaps to an idealized version of humanity, whether it's in terms of material wealth, power, status, or appearance, and the draw to, towards what the world perceives to be great in these areas cause us to look at ourselves and ask, are we enough? Are we good enough? And perhaps think, we will never be good enough. And fortunately, this isn't all too common in our currents. Just take a look at the headlines this week. A Facebook whistleblower tells us that what we intuitively know and social scientists have confirmed to be true. The dark side of social media, such as Facebook and Instagram, and its impact on our mental health and self-image. The realizations that what that when we travel through the valleys of the shadow of death and pain, sometimes those who we considered our best friends are those who are kin will one day leave us. We've tried to medicate ourselves by being accepted. Our desires for acceptance comes with whatever money can buy, accumulating more money, more wealth, more status, but the reality is, brothers and sisters, that none of these things, none of these things can enable us to have life in all its true abundance. They can't help us grapple with the realities of life on this world. Having life in all its abundance is the assurance that when we travel the roads of isolation and despair, as our physical appearance change, when the world thinks that we are not rich enough, smart enough, pretty enough, strong enough, even there, God calls us to detach from these idols. For God sees us for who we are. God sees us for who we are. Followers of Jesus are invited to completely lay down themselves in submission, by detaching from the idolatry of fame, power, and wealth. For our core identity is Jesus Christ. Recognizing and living into this core identity does not mean that we are immune from a season of anxiety, depression, or physical pain, as Job reveals to us. A famous Christian follower by the name of Charles Hayden Spurgeon tells us this. Charles Spurgeon was one of those renowned, great renowned preachers whom thousands would come just to hear Spurgeon preach. Spurgeon was one of those who faced the deep struggle of depression and feeling forsaken 
He carried these feelings during lots of seasons in his life. One day, as he was preaching to an enormous crowd in a hall that could contain about 10,000 people, someone yelled fire in the midst of that. Yet there was no fire. People reacted on hearing the word fire. The pandemonium that resulted caused seven people to lose their life that day, injuring 28 more critically. Though Spurgeon was not at fault, he felt guilty. The fears and self-doubt that, that, that he carried with him all his life began to bubble even more within him. He felt responsible. According to many accounts, he just kept crying. He kept crying so much that his friends, including his dear wife and best friend, feared that he would never preach again. Spurgeon was able to deal with this stage of life only by recognizing God's grace and by being an advocate for those who deal with anxiety and depression. In fact, he testified that his experiences in life made him a more compassionate preacher someone who understands the pains of this world. In his own words, he wrote, Do not think that you are quite alone in your sorrow. Bow your head and bear it for this season. It will be removed, and every cloud that you see today will be swept away in cloudless sunlight. Like then, there are still people today who believe that depression and anxiety are signs of being alienated from God. Spurgeon did not believe that. We as a church do not believe that. Spurgeon preached that depression of spirit is no index of declining grace. The very loss of joy and the absence of assurance may be accompanied, he said, in our journey towards a greater spiritual understanding of who God is. Just like what happened to Job. Beloved, just as Jesus looked at the rich young man grappling for meaning, just as God looks at Job, Jesus looks at each and every one of us. In the words of Spurgeon, the sympathy of Jesus is the next most precious thing to his sacrifice. So today, my, my dearly beloved, I am going to invite you. I invite you to come before the altar table, knowing that in this life, none of you, none of you travel alone. I invite you to empty yourselves of the delusion that the things of this world can offer meaning, for they cannot. Neither your material wealth, status, education, or pedigree can truly prepare you to handle life and give your life meaning. What provides meaning and insight in this world is a relationship with the living God. 
And it is that God who promises to travel with each and every one of you through the stark realities of life. I invite you to take in the reality of Jesus who looks at you with love, calling you to remember that as you feed on him today, as you receive his real presence, faith and hope will carry you through any and all seasons of this life. I invite you to go out into this world offering that hope, the hope of Jesus, the hope that our ultimate rest lies in the care and concern of God who became human in Christ, who suffered, was crucified, who died, and who lives again, and gives us the promise that we too will live again. So with that invitation, comes a prayer that I will offer for each and every one of you, for all of us, a prayer taken from Charles Wesley. May this be our prayer as we leave this church today. Let us pray. Lord, other refuge have I none. Hangs my helpless soul on thee. Leave, ah, leave me not alone. Still support and comfort me. For all my trust on thee is stayed, and all my help from thee I bring. Cover my defenseless head with the shadow of thy wing.